Welcome to the Take Your Apprenticeship podcast. The Take Your Place team is made up of five universities and nine further education colleges from across the east of England. We are an impartial project dedicated to giving you the information you need, regardless of where you are applying to study. Since 2017, we have worked with over 30,000 students from 100 different schools, colleges and sixth forms, helping them to explore their options and discover their potential. Now we hope to help you too. In this podcast, series we will explore all aspects of finding applying for and succeeding in an apprenticeship through talking to experts and current apprentices from a variety of industries we will help you explore your future apprenticeship options my name is kit rackley and my pronouns are they them and i am a nico higher education and apprenticeship champion for take your place today we talk about apprenticeships at the crown prosecution service or cps for short We talk to James Dillon and Izzy Elwood. James is Human Resource Officer and Izzy is Recruitment Marketing and Communications Assistant. We will talk about the role of the Crown Prosecution Service, the kind of jobs, what the Crown Prosecution Service does and dispel some misconceptions and myths about the work that they do. We'll talk about the kind of roles and jobs that you can do there, the different levels of apprenticeships starting salaries, what the study element of the course is like, and some top tips if you're interested in the career with the CPS. Let's get started. Hello everybody and thank you for joining us for the Take Your Apprenticeship podcast and I am joined by James and Izzy from the Crown Prosecution Service. Hi to you both. Hello. Hi. Thank you for joining me today. So I'm going to start with uh, Izzy. Izzy, can you tell us a little bit about your role? And then James, you can go after Izzy. I'm Izzy. Um, I'm the Recruitment Marketing and Communications Assistant in the Strategic Resourcing Team, which is under the umbrella of human resources in the CPS. So my role entails basically doing um, the marketing and the promotion of all CPS recruitment campaigns and activity. Um, So that includes pretty much all of um, the civil service grade recruitment campaigns. Um, That's from like an A2, which is a typical apprentice. Um, all the way to um, the SCS, which um, is like one of our higher, more senior staffing grades. Um, And I basically help do the um, internal across government and external um, marketing and promotion for all campaigns. Perfect. Uh, So my name's James Dillon and I'm a HR officer for our early careers team. Uh, Basically, I joined the CPS as an apprentice admin officer. Um, And then I joined the role that I'm in now at the start of the year, which is a HR officer. Uh, Basically, I help to manage all of our apprenticeship roles. Uh, This includes overseeing that all of the areas have enough posts available to set up their recruitment campaigns. Um, I also set up uh, the adverts that you'll see live on the civil service jobs um, and help to deal with any candidate queries while these roles are live. I also help to oversee the campaigns from start to end. This includes the shortlisting stage, uh, the interview stage, and this is right up until the candidates actually accepted the role. Um, and then it would be passed over to our onboarding team uh, to begin their pre-employment checks. So that's just a little bit about my role and some of my day-to-day duties. Thank you both. Quite a fair people know who the Crown Prosecution Service is, might have an inkling about what they are from what they hear through the news. So what I'd like to um, ask you both is, can you explain who the Crown Prosecution Service is and start with, I wouldn't say stereotypical 
view of what people think. But start with the classic. Well, yeah, you've probably heard of us. We do this. We do this. We do this. But then if you can go into, but we also do this, either of you would like to start off with what we all know you do and what you also do. Do you want me to let you go first, Izzy, and then I can yeah, jump yeah. in afterwards? Sure. Yeah. Go for it. Okay, so the Crown Prosecution Service is um, the main prosecuting authority in the country. We basically deal with any criminal cases that come into um, Crown or Magistrates Court, and we basically prosecute those. So we've obviously they've got the defence side, and then there's those on the prosecuting side. When you say the Crown Prosecution Service, people just put us together under the criminal justice service and there's never really a distinction so quite often compared to like the police and of court and tribunal service and the prison as well we do get that quite often um but i don't think there's ever a distinction in the media about what the crown prosecution service is you always hear kind of the bad things quite often about the uh, crown prosecution service but um you never actually get to hear everything you just you see someone's not been prosecuted or the case has been dropped in the media and that's it so that is kind of the um one thing that does come up quite often i don't know if you agree with that james no no definitely i think that's the perspective that a lot of people have um who are external to the organization and then i think when you actually join the cps uh, you start to get an idea that it's a lot more than that like especially being on the human resources side of things and there's so many different roles inside the cps that you wouldn't even think of like human relations and um, everything that we do at the moment trying to secure staff from around the uk and helping areas in their recruitments around the uk there's a lot of different you know areas uh, even our other roles such as like caseworker assistant roles uh, to which these guys basically help to get all of the cases ready to prepare for courts and send over to the paralegal assistants and their paralegal officers. So there's just so many different aspects. And I think until you're actually inside the CPS, it kind of opens your mind to the wide array of different roles that we actually have. Yeah. I, and Izzy, you were spot on about like the media portrayal because mm. it's only really the big stories that ever get picked up by the media and usually there is some controversy around it otherwise because the media wouldn't bother if there was no controversy so i want you to picture a room and it, we're not going to say a courtroom because i don't want to feed the stereotype right so just picture an empty room and i'm going to have the young people now listening are going to have people pop into that room of everybody that could potentially work in the crown prosecution service so stereotypically they might put a prosecutor the solicitor and all those people in that room but you've already mentioned, James, you've got paralegal uh, professionals, you've got case um, officers. So we start to populate this room. You've already mentioned HR. So, James, can you list maybe a few other roles that people might be, well, not necessarily surprised, but that you could do when you work for the Crown Prosecution Service? Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, we've got our like area business managers as well, uh, which is quite a, like a high up role because I feel like when you think of the CPS you only actually think of the legal roles and they're, they're quite like high up roles but whereas an, an area business manager is also a pretty high up role as well who who would deal with the entire rec like recruitment in those areas and they could just be just as impactful to the CPS as like a senior crown prosecutor would be in a sense um, just because some of the roles aren't actually legal it doesn't mean that they're like less important because there's Everyone offers their own abilities and uh, experience in uh, like an array of different ways, to be honest. 
So I'm trying to think of some of the other specific roles, but do any yeah. uh, come to your mind, is he straight away? Yeah, so um, the we've got lots of other um, elements um, when you think about the Crown Prosecution Service and the different employees um, that are there. So we've got um, our chief Crown Prosecutors, which head up each geographical area um, across the CPS. Um, so they are basically they're like the equivalent of what the area business manager is, but on the legal side. So the area business managers are more for the admin roles, whereas um, your chief crown prosecutors are um, more for the legal side. So they head up your district crown prosecutors, which are legal managers, and they manage a team of lawyers. So that can be filled with crown prosecutors and senior crown prosecutors and crown advocates and senior crown advocates. So that's just the high level of the legal side. And like James mentioned earlier, you know, you've got your paralegal assistants, your paralegal officers, your casework assistants. Um, you've got your area communications managers. So they usually deal with um, the media reports and getting communication pieces out across the areas and um, to the different places in the UK. So that's kind of more the legal side. If you move on to the admin side, um, there's so many. There's yeah, so, many, so many. We really do, especially it's in the um, operational delivery profession. So there's a vast amount of different roles in there. And they go from like senior levels from a, like a level E down to an A2, like I mentioned earlier. Um, and they can be anything. So obviously me and James are on that side but we've got um we've got an operations team we've got um strategy and policy team we've obviously got human resources we've got a corporate communications team which i do um, a lot of my work with personally i mean it's an organization of about six thousand employees it's massive it really is says on your website yeah you almost six thousand individuals so there is going to be a wide variety of of roles there and and anybody listening you know do check out uh, cps.gov.uk slash careers hyphen cps because there is your website is really really good um a couple of vacancies on there you know you've got operational change manager area finance so there's finance as you've already mentioned you know and they're, they're managerial roles but they you know if if somebody progresses within your organization then they could be earning you know thirty thousand pounds plus a year which is which is a very competitive um, salary. And then you've got some staff stories on there, which are quite nice to look at. So you've got um, Christopher Trotter, your district crown prosecutor. You've got some prosecutors there, but you've got got, um, Andrew, who's your human resource manager of the strategy team. Human uh, human resource business partner, business compliance manager, and business inspectors. So yeah, there, there's there's quite a range of of people there. And this is the myth we want to dispel, isn't it? Is that if people want want a career in the legal services, then the Crown Prosecution Service is a good in is a good option. But the other message we want to give out, of course, is that don't discount the Crown Prosecution Service. If you're not interested in the, in the in the legal sector, because because quite clearly there are other roles there. If you're interested in finance, you're interested in human resources, in managing people. If you're interested in in, in logistics, there could be a role for you at the Crown Prosecution Service. So it's not just all about the legal stuff. So actually, it's my advice to young people would be check them out because you never know what might be on offer. 
definitely. Just to jump in, and I completely agree with you there as well, because um, I've always heard about the CPS and what the done and you know the points that we've just discussed about the external points of view that you do have and um, i've always wanted to be in like a role where i can really help people but not as such a, a legal role and um, so when i seen that there was a human resources role at the cps i was really interested in that starting a apprenticeship role and applying for that and then ever since i got into the role i've just i just feel like it just suits me so much i feel like i'm able to give support to people um, while like learning so much in my own role and getting support off my colleagues that it's just it's not just legal when you think of CPS there's so much more than that um, and there's so much on offer here as well. Let's move on to then about the apprenticeships and the structure and, um, and Izzy we'll, we'll start with you first here what are the examples and the, of the types of apprenticeship courses that the uh, Crown Prosecution Service offers? Yes, yeah, so um, there's quite a few, and I'll, I'll I will probably shift over to James because this is probably not his like expertise a bit no better. Problem. But um, from a personal point of view, I joined as an apprentice, um, and I joined about nearly three years ago now, and I did um, my business admin level three. I believe it's equivalent to an A level. That that honestly was one of the best things I've ever done. It showed me what I needed to do in order to you know thrive in a career and actually like progress in my career I can't I can't speak more highly of it to be honest but um so that's one of them I know we do um a level two for the business admin um me and James have actually just recently worked on um advertising a level four policy apprentice which was um the first of its kind but um it was really interesting to work on that so those are our kind of under the um, OPSDEL profession. Those are our typical ones. I'm sure there's more, but I'm sure James can, you so know. So OPSDEL, is that, that operational delivery? Yeah, operational delivery, yeah. That was a good guess, Kit. <laughs> <laughs> so James, yeah, anything to add? Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, some of the apprenticeship roles that we actually advertise are the casework assistant roles. Uh, we've got admin officer roles and then HR admin officer roles as well. Um, all of our apprenticeship vacancies are 18 fixed month term appointments. And then as Izzy just mentioned, we've recently just um, closed a brand new apprenticeship, which was the policy apprenticeship. Um, and that was actually a level four apprenticeship, um, which we had a, a huge amount of applicants for. So we are just progressing with that campaign at the moment. But in terms of like the casework assistants and admin officer roles, uh, they would be more specific to the operational delivery um, apprenticeships. Um, and it would basically start off on a level two apprenticeship and then you would rise, complete your level two. Uh, you'd do a level three afterwards and then complete that as well. So you do a level two and level three combined. Um, whereas our HR roles would either be in level three in business administration or customer service. And then the policy one that we've just mentioned would be a, a level four qualification in policy. Just a reminder, I mean, I, I would hope that this is not the first podcast that um, young people listen to, but just in case this is the first podcast you're listening to. So when when James and Izzy talk about level two, three and four, so a level two qualification is the equivalent of a few passes uh, at GCSE and a level three is the equivalent of, say, A-levels. And then when you get to level fours and above, you then start talking about diplomas and and, and degree levels. And, and that's absolutely fantastic because that just highlights the range 
that you offer, not just in the kind of roles and posts that you have, but also in the, the, the levels of qualifications that you offer. We'd like to take a break just to ask you to help us with some feedback. We aim to raise higher education aspirations in as many young people as possible, so your feedback will be welcome. To do this at your own convenience, please visit tinyurl.com slash tyapod. If you missed that, not to worry, you can find the link in the description. Thank you. Now back to the podcast. It's quite clear to me, therefore, that the the CPS is a very, very good place to go to if you would want some career progression. The other thing also we found out through Nico Take Your Place is that just because maybe a school leaver might be level three doing A level, um, they should still consider a level two because just to clarify, is it level two? Are they usually one year long, those those courses? So with the level two and level three, it's combined into 18 months. So they would okay. do those along the month. Usually it's like the level two would take like six months to do, and then you would go on to do the level three, but you're all, you work on them as a whole, really, rather Perfect. than individually. There you go. So that's that's good example of, of progression that enable and, and and I would say to all young people listening, don't discount those level two or level three apprenticeships because the vast majority of them actually do lead to progression. And you either can, and there's a 90, I mean, it might be different for Crown Prosecution Service, you might be able to tell me, but overall with apprenticeships, there's a 90% retention rate. 90% of graduates either stay on at their place of work or they go on and do a, a higher level in the, in a similar apprenticeship. So what's, what's your retention rates? At the, do you know your retention rates at the uh, CPS? So I'm not too sure on the actual retention rate, but it is a high amount, to be honest. Um, mm. Based on my experience, uh, when apprentices do seem to, to join the CPS, we don't like offer a permanent role at the end of the 18 months, but it's kind of down to the uh, post holder then uh, to try and secure a permanent position uh, during those months. Um, but if you've got the right desire and the right willingness to you know, put that hard work in, then so many opportunities become available that you can apply for. Um, so I would say probably close to what you're saying, then, probably around about 90% do go on to secure permanent roles, whether it's with the CPS. Some of them even move over to other departments to the civil service. A lot of our like internal members of staff now have gone from doing um, the operational delivery apprenticeships, they're completing stuff like CIPD. So they go on to do even further types of like apprenticeships so it's it's just great the amount of like things that we offer and the benefits of it you know the apprenticeships are are really entry level to which people can join even if they haven't got like specific qualifications and so they are a really great way to get into the cps and just to build a career yeah awesome and thank you so much for making that very clear because we know that some apprenticeships say that they do guarantee you a job at the end some and some apprenticeships don't so that's fantastic that that's clarified but the fact that you have a high rate of retention even though it, you know you're, you're not offered the job straight off your apprenticeship just goes to show that how valued apprentices must feel they're not going to want to stay on unless unless they feel valued so that's really really good and your case studies on your website of the apprentices talking about their experiences is, is also testament to that so so that's very very good with regards to, uh, so say you've got a young person who's like, okay, I'm convinced that I should look into the, doesn't matter if it's legal or if it's something else, more logistical or human resources, whatever it is, what would be the best way for me to go and get 
Um, so you've got a year 10 listening now and they're thinking about this. What might be a good work experience placement for them, then, do you think? Izzy, what do you think? So with work experience, it really, I guess it just depends on um, kind of what they're after. Obviously, if they're wanting to go into one of like the case work assistant roles where you are going to be doing more work with the legal side than, say, um, the apprenticeship I was on, where it was primarily around HR, getting a bit of a better idea of um, what that legal sector is about. So um, obviously, I'm not sure what the situation is at the moment with visiting courts. But one thing I did, because I was quite interested in law and I did it as part of my A-levels, was um, I went to visit court quite a bit um, and just sat in trials. Um, It's completely free. You don't need to organise anything with the court to go and do that. You just go in, sit in the public um, boxes and you can go and view trials. You can go in and out of the different courtrooms just to get a feel of whether you're interested in that, I think that's a really good way to do it. Um, just getting whatever you feel you require for that role, the work experience, you can find it pretty much anywhere. Like like I say, if you are looking to go into the legal sector, the courts, um, speaking to um, family members, if you've got anyone um, that you know that's actually in um, the civil service in general as well, because they tend to be quite similar in the way that things are structured, depending on which department you're in. Speak to family members, speak to friends, get any customer service um, experience as much as you can, I guess. Because um, like for roles like obviously mine and James, we do do a lot of customer service and customer facing based work. So it's important to kind of build up those skills, but you can really find it anywhere. Yeah, and I realise actually that's a very tricky question, bearing in mind that there are so many posts and roles that this, at the CPS. And it's funny, I, I just had a memory back to when I was in year 10 many, many years ago now. Funnily enough, I did my work experience at Harlow Magistrates Court in Essex. <laughs> I worked uh, one week at work experience there and and my father is a police officer, so I was already interested in the legal system. And a family friend of ours worked in the offices behind, you know, behind the scenes at the court. So I got to sit in and, and, and watch court proceedings, but I also, you know, got to do, you know, summons and, and the paperwork and the kind of, and listen to colleagues taking calls and things like that. And it was just so fascinating seeing everything that goes on behind the scenes. So I got quite a lot out of that work experience in a way that I wasn't expecting. I honestly thought I was just going to be sitting watching court proceedings all the time, but I didn't realise how much else I got up to as well. So I think that's some fantastic advice you've you've offered there, um, Izzy. And you're right. It's it's well. What part of the crown prosecutors are you going to be interested in? Have a have a um, have a think about that kind of thing for your work experience. If someone was to come into, uh, we know we know that the at the moment the national minimum wage for apprentices is four pounds fifteen an hour. Is that the case at the crown prosecution service, or is there? A slightly different starting salary and what kind of benefits would apprentices expect if they came and worked for the CPS? The starting salary for the CPS is actually completely different to a normal apprenticeship, which I think is is, is a main like pull um, for anyone interested in like an apprenticeship where you're going to you know, build your skills, get a great qualification and get a really like competitive salary at the same time. So the starting salary for national areas is 18,736 to begin. And then after six months of employment, uh, which I was actually 
like kind of dumbfounded when I was told on the day because I didn't expect this myself. It rises to 21,950 after six months. That's so very that's, competitive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's our national areas. And then um, for London pay areas, uh, the starting salaries are slightly different. It is uh, 20,120 to begin. And then after six months of employment, that rises to 23,520. And then for London candidates, they also receive something called RRA, which is an additional 3,150, uh, which is kind of in place to assist staff in, in like higher living areas. So that's like a big benefit about joining us at the CPS. I've done an apprenticeship in the past for me, uh, myself, which was uh, working for a letting agency. Um, and I was only on uh, two pounds an hour. Uh, and I thought all apprenticeships were the same. Uh, so when I was joining this role, I thought, oh, I'm a little, am I actually a little bit too old to join this role? Or, um, is, you know, am I only going to be starting on two pounds an hour? So when I seen that it was open to anyone over the age of 16 and seeing the starting salary as well, I was kind of like blown away by it, to be honest. Admittedly, you know, most employers do pay more than the national apprenticeship minimum wage. But but yeah, I'm I am I wouldn't say I'm pleasantly surprised, but yeah, that's very nice to hear because I think one of the things that young people may think about apprenticeships is that when they hear that four pound fifteen an hour or some maybe slightly more if 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 so, they tend to get put up with that. But of course, what they're forgetting is that for the training element, which I want to speak to about next, there are no fees. There's no tuition fees. So you're getting a double benefit. You're actually learning on your job and you're not having to pay out and accumulate a student debt. So that brings me on quite nicely to the study element of the course. So do you also follow that same structure where 20 percent of the time is is training and 80 percent is is working? Is that same at the CPS? And what is the study element course of the light? Yeah, so it's exactly the same as you've just, you've just mentioned there. So you actually are allocated 20% of your working time to complete any of your apprenticeship work. Uh, the great thing about the apprenticeship itself is all of the work is actually done online. Um, so, for instance, if you needed some particular time to um, complete some tasks, uh, you would just have a quick chat with your line manager and you could potentially book a whole day just to um, work on any apprenticeship tasks that you need to complete or even a few hours uh, whatever's like deemed fit as long as it's approved on with your line manager and you do always feel like you've got that support from your line manager when you are doing your apprenticeship alongside that um, the apprenticeship um, is with a provider called knowledge pool and they assigned you your own talent coach and this is someone who you can contact if you feel like you um, are struggling with any tasks and they, they'll get in contact with you as well and have monthly meetings with you just to ensure that you're meeting deadlines and that you're doing what you, your work at like a high standard. They're just there to just, you know, nudge you along the way. Um, so that that's the great thing. You always do feel like you get the support you require. And it's just as long as it's agreeable with your line manager, you do get that 20 percent to, to just use for your apprenticeship. Yeah. Do you have anything to add there, Izzy? If you do join the CPS and you do join us as an apprentice, please take that day because honestly, it really does benefit you so well having just that one day a week or every two weeks, you know, depending on what you decide with your line manager. It really does help because especially if you've got quite a lot of workload on in your actual day-to-day job, just having that day to 
do work during the day and not just after your work hours, like in your personal time, do it in the work hours. It really does just benefit you so greatly. So I would always, that is my top tip, always speak to your line manager and make sure you secure that 20%. So James, Izzy's just given us uh, her top tip, so I'll ask you for yours in a, in a moment. But I just want to make sure everyone's aware that actually it will be I'll be speaking to you both plus two of your colleagues again uh, later on to get more of the apprentices point of view from what I'm picking up here. There's there's a, a lot of really good stories that can come out from the apprentices point of view. And I, I can I can tell from both how you talk, you're actually very, very passionate about the role that you do, the work you do and the fact that you came to where you are through the apprenticeship route. Thank you, Izzy, for offering that top tip, because I was going to ask that uh, of, of you and you got there ahead of me. Excellent. So, James, to finish off, following from Izzy there, what would be your top tip for prospective apprentices? One of the main ones I always think is persistence. I, I just think that, you know, there's so many setbacks throughout, like trying to go for the career that you want. But honestly, you know, persistence does really pay off. Never see a setback as a failure. Just see it more as a stepping stone. Uh, like that you can gain vital experience from from each application or test or interview that you can complete um i think since the age of around about 17 i'd been applying for civil service roles and now i see each one as kind of a stepping stone to get to where i actually need to be which is here and i feel like i've just picked up so much experience from the interviews i've had or the setbacks i've had that it's been able to get me to where i am right now today so I know, like it, like I mentioned, it sounds generic, but persistence does definitely pay off. Um, and then one other thing I just want to mention is um, when formatting, like any examples that you provide to us at the application or interview stage, we use something called the STAR um, technique. Um, now, STAR stands for situation, task, action, and results. Um, so situation means that you kind of need to use, you need to start your application or your example by setting the scene and kind of use this as 10% of your example. And then when you go on to the task, uh, you need to discuss the issue at hand and its effects, which should be around about 15% of your example. Um, and then you move on to action, which is what you did to resolve it. Now, this is the core um, of any of your examples that you should provide. And I would say like it should be 60% of like any um answers that you're given at the application or interview stage as this is what we really look for because we want to see the kind of things that you did to resolve any issues that you may have had and then finally the results is just a summary of the outcome and the feedback you would have received which is around about 15 percent of your example as well so that's just something that i've always followed when i do my applications or interviews and it just feels like when you've got that in place it makes it a little bit easier just to format any examples that you're going to give to us at the interview or application stage that's fantastic advice and as an ex-high school teacher i would definitely i think that's going to ring very very uh, pleasing to a lot of ears there because it's so useful when there's a structure to work at and and there's so many kind of um we call it scaffolding you know if you can scaffold your answers and because it is quite difficult to kind of get out what you want to get out on in applications and the other thing as well uh, that is such sound advice about the persistence as well because apprenticeships are exceptionally competitive especially here in the east of england who's going to be the main audience for for, for this podcast and there are setbacks in life but so they've got to prepare themselves about how 
what what is it about an application if it wasn't so successful what was it about an application that you can improve on for next time around and i love that stepping stone analogy if they're if you're listening to this young people and you're doing your gcse's right now your level two qualifications that is a stepping stone to you to where you want to go next and once you're on that stepping stone that's a stepping stone and you can look back behind you at that journey across the river and you can look back and pry and say look at all these stepping stones and of course you'll always be nervous of jumping from one to the next so get that in mind and sometimes you might slip and dip your foot in the water but keep going james and isabel that's fantastic advice with that persistence thank you so much i think that's going to resonate a lot so we've run out of time i'm afraid which is uh, i could talk to you a lot lot longer because you've offered so much uh, insight and some good advice there they i mean i already gave the the website out a bit earlier but if you want to repeat that that's great or if any social media accounts you think people should follow so um, what should be the next step for um, for young people to go and have a look at or the websites they should look at yeah sure so um i think um izzy will probably have a, a better idea than this myself because she looks after all of our external advertising but i always mention um you know if you want to keep up to date with our our roles that are be uh, coming up and um, you should do something called uh, the job alerts on the civil service jobs website basically you can insert the criteria of the roles that you're looking for um, and then you'll be contacted by email when a, a job similar arises so that's one thing to always look out for, but you can always, you know, check on our Twitter pages. We've got an Instagram, which is up and coming um, and uh, just have a little look on the civil service jobs more than anything else for our upcoming vacancies. Um, I don't know if there's anything else that you want to import, Izzy. Obviously, Kit, you mentioned our um, careers website, so that's cps.gov.uk slash careers hyphen cps. Um, and you can find out any um, career opportunities that are external. Um, all our apprenticeship opportunities get listed on there um, as and when they come out. So um, you can also follow us on um, Twitter. So that's at CPS Careers. Um, we also post on our um, Crown Prosecution Service LinkedIn page. Um, we have a jobs tab. So any jobs are also listed on there. Um, they're quite often shared as well. Um, so if you get following the hashtags like legal careers and CPS careers, you can usually find um, any opportunities from there. Obviously, James mentioned um, we've got our Instagram, which is hopefully going to be launched um, in time for our national apprenticeship campaign, which is going live on the 26th of April. Um, so get following that it's just um at cps careers like twitter thank you so much both for joining me it's been an absolute pleasure to uh, speak to you and all our listeners can have the pleasure of your company again in the next episode along with two of your colleagues so i'm very much looking forward to that thank you thank you listening and don't forget to subscribe to our future podcasts at soundcloud.com slash take your place or on your favorite podcasting app you can also find us on instagram where we are at take your place underscore he on twitter at take your place he and on facebook at facebook.com slash take your place he you can also email us with any questions requests or just to let us know what you think on info at takeyourplace.ac.uk We very much welcome your feedback on this podcast episode. This will also help us to raise higher education aspirations in as many young people as possible. To do this, please visit tinyurl.com forward slash T-Y-A pod. 
That's tinyurl.com forward slash T-Y-A pod. You can find the link also in the description.